da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. What is up, fam? Fam, it is Richard here, along with my trusty cohort Brian Gill. Hello. How hey. are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. It's so good to hear your voice. As most of you know who have listened to this, if it's your first time uh, listening to Mad About Movies, welcome. Uh, and if you chose to, you've just been searching for podcasts on Insomnia <laughs> for years, then... This is uh, your time. 15 this years is your, yeah. This is your time, or you found us another way. That's great. Welcome. But normally, we have a, a, another co-host, uh, Kent, who does the intro and, and uh, kind of moves the logistics of the show along. Uh, but Kent cannot make it tonight. He, uh, he was mauled brutally by Dallas Bryant <laughs> at work. And, they really uh, got to get control of that. Thing. Yeah, he just runs a. He's running rampant. I mean, at, it's uh, great on the field. Failure. It's great on the field, but if you <laughs> yeah. can't control it in the locker room, it's just no. Uh, it's hard to be Abs- a good team. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, you know, yeah, Dez has got to control that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, but no, Ken is is out tonight with some work, and so it's just Brian and I here. This has happened one or two times in the background with Mad Men. I remember. Have we done mm-hmm. it for anything else? We did one earlier this year, and I think we just talked about. The Golden Globes, maybe it was like okay. late January, early February. Cool. So this is the third time for just me and you, buddy. Well, hopefully, this will be the charm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little movie news. It's gonna be kind of a, a traditional episode, and then we're gonna do a throwback um, to uh, Insomnia, Christopher Nolan, as we uh, sort of tiptoe up to Dunkirk here in a few months. So a little inside baseball on how the show normally operates. So we record one episode a week normally of throwbacks. I mean, of, of just episodes that are live with movie news and all stuff. And then about once a month, we get together and kind of and blast out like five or six throwbacks that we'll use over the next month or so um, that are like smaller, tighter episodes that are just movie specific. We haven't had a chance to do that this month due to schedules. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do this as kind of a regular episode because we'd like to talk about stuff and, and so on and so forth. And then we're, we'll get into insomnia uh, here in just a bit. So Brian, I know you have some, uh, this is the most I've talked in so long. I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, Brian, this is no, uncomfortable. We're in a weird position. We're all yeah, out I'm of not, place. Yeah. I know. I know. Kent, <laughs> we need Kent, you to center us. <laughs> Doug. Um, but, uh, so you have some movie news for us, sure. and, but before we get into that, I just want to say uh, thank you to all of you who listen. Our mm-hmm. we're about to pass a pretty big milestone. We're we are days, weeks, maybe even hours now, thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> away from um, crossing the three million download threshold, Sheesh. which is exciting and crazy. And I remember when it was like six downloads mm-hmm. in six months, and and uh, all all credit to you two, and a moderate of credit uh, to. Uh, to the listeners and zero credit to me. I've done nothing to contribute to this. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah, I'm so uh, we're so humbled by the fact that you guys spend time with us every week and, mm-hmm. and are really most proud of, I don't want to speak for Brian, but for this community that we've kind of fostered and we've made friends on the interwebs of Twitter and email and all this stuff. So all that being said, we love hearing from everyone. As long as it's positive. Uh, we love hearing from everyone uh, on the Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. We're trying to get a better uh, 
kind of Twitter handle. It's just kind of a slow process. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be at Mad About Movies or something, so it's easier for to find us. But uh, some bro has that that hasn't tweeted in three years, and he's <laughs> holding on to it. So uh, good for him. But uh, at MAM underscore podcast, Brian specifically, I want to shout you out publicly. You do a great <laughs> job managing that account. I have it on my phone, and I get the alerts, and I just immediately delete them and roll my eyes. Yeah. And you do a great job really engaging with people. So if you – and so does Ken, but mostly you. And I, if you get a great, funny GIF or – is it GIF or GIF? I never It remember. doesn't matter. Just, okay. Yeah. A GIFy GIF um, from the Mad About Movies account, and it makes you giggle. That was probably Brian. You do a great job with that. And uh, But you can also email the show. And Brian, I promise I'll let you talk here in a no, moment. No, I don't want to talk. Also, Keep doing okay. it. We'll make this Richard Solo podcast. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. I'm getting ready for uh, – <laughs> I'm, I'm prepping myself for the Solo pod. Uh, but if you would like to email, go a little more long form and engage with us, mm-hmm. um, you can do that. It's madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. We always throw this out at the end of the episode, but you guys have probably turned it off by then. If you're smart, it gets kind of formulaic <laughs> at the end. I know how podcast listening goes, but uh, madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to just throw us a note, if you want to talk about a movie, if there's something interesting in you, um, we get a lot of emails, but we answer all of them, which I'm proud of still to this day. Uh, and we, I, Personally, that's my favorite. I love like middle of a work day. I'll just open the little email. I I run my work email out of Outlook, and then I run my podcast email out of the uh, uh, Apple email client. So I like twice a day, I open that up, and I see like fifteen, twenty new emails in there, and I just start replying. And it's like it's actually fun to yeah. engage with people about movies. So yeah, it's always good. It's fun. We really do try. We try really hard to to get to all those emails and tweets and Facebook messages and Instagram comments and all that stuff. So find us on all of those platforms. It makes our numbers look good if you're following us and but really it makes us look good if you're actually engaging with us. That's what we like. So Yeah. And despite looking, you know, in spite, of, yes, we look good, but we also enjoy it. It's ah, not a chore. Yeah, we, it's fine. Okay. That's, I should, <laughs> no, you two no, enjoy it. No, 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 we I, do. I love it. I love inter- interacting with everybody and getting the questions and the, uh, the comments and whatnot. And you should look out too. We, we teased this last week, I believe, or earlier this week. Um, tomorrow, which if you're listening to this, it's actually today, Friday, we're going to be running a poll on Twitter to help determine uh, the movie that Richard will be recording a solo podcast on. So your choices are going to be Son of the Mask or The Blair Witch Project. This will be the final uh, the, the final void, vote. Like your voice, this is permanent. This will be the record from here to four. Um, so get on Twitter if you're not already. Find us again, as, as Richard said, at MAM underscore podcast and, uh, and vote in that poll uh, Friday going into Saturday. And, and we'll, get, uh, we'll get a solo Richard pod soon. Yeah, I'm not excited, but I understand <laughs> others are, and that's fantastic. So, so uh, yeah, Brian briefly mentioned on Facebook. Just search "Mad About Movies" podcast. You can. That's a good way to message us as well, or we you, we do a little post and you can comment on there. With it's a cool way. Facebook, I think, is the coolest way to engage with other listeners because you know you tweet somebody you don't really know who else is. Uh, the way Facebook is set up, if you comment on a post, maybe someone else does, and you meet someone that likes our podcast. Who cares if they like our podcast? But maybe they like movies that you like, and you make a new friend. That's always exciting. And then Instagram. Uh, Mad about movies podcast, right? Is the yeah. is the handle there? Yeah. Again, cool way to comment, meet with people, and maybe you know, like when you're not creeping on on hot girls, uh, check out the posts on there. Brian does them, and they're really funny. You, I should compliment you. They're they're good and uh, encapsulate our show v- very well. And and I'm very honored to be your your cohort and colleague in all things, ma'am. So. All that being said, one last thing. Uh, if you're if you're an Apple person and you listen on either the Apple Podcast app or, 
or iTunes on your computer, um, there's a uh, review section. And uh, the review section seems silly, uh, I know, uh, but it's super impactful. If you've noticed, we have like advertisers and things on the show, and it might be annoying to you, but maybe you found some cool uh, uh, partners and, and products that we advertise on here. I think we have really cool advertisers, and I, I really like it. Um, if, if you would like to help us, it's, it seems weird if you're not in the podcast world, but iTunes comments go a really long way in helping yeah. us procure said advertisers. So, uh, you know, just throw five stars up there if you like the show. Write a little note. Say, like, you know, here's what I want to see. I want to see some I want to see some iTunes reviews to see our penetration that say, um, because he's not here tonight, five stars, Richard is really handsome, Brian is really <laughs> smart, Kent is terrible. Okay? I want to see that. I want to see Richard is really handsome, Brian is really smart, Kent is terrible. And I want to see how many of those we can get in our review <laughs> section to see. Or something funny. Don't say Kent is terrible. Say something funny about Kent. Be, you can be creative. And be well, Yeah, use your well, own well. mind. Come on. Jeez. Yeah. So say something. Rich, but handsome is mandatory. And Brian, smart or cool? Which is yours? Or do you want to be handsome too? You can be handsome too. I'll take whatever compliment anyone wants to give Yeah. Me. Yeah, that's true. I'm very shallow. And so just anything, two any compliment compliments is fantastic. Two compliments to Brian and myself, and then just something weird about Kent. That would be hilarious to us, but also would, would get us five stars, which is what the uh, mm -hmm. the advertisers are looking for. So, okay. Is that enough business? We handled so enough business. business. Oh, All right. It's fantastic. Fantastic. What a great night, man. Mm. Spurs. We're not even Spurs fans, but we hate the Rockets <laughs> right. more. They're winning by 100 <laughs> points without Kawhi Leonard. We're about to talk some insomnia, but before all of that, be Gill, bra guy, be Gilly. Let's hear <laughs> just two hours of me. Let's see nicknames. Uh, I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to let you talk about some movie news. I've got so two, Brian, two movie, movie news, news things. One is very small, and one is a little bigger. And then we, we, I feel like we have to come to the defense of one of our American treasures. So that'll be that'll be our last note before we move into insomnia. Uh, number one thing, kind of small. We touched on it. Uh, last week or earlier this week, I can't ever keep it straight anymore. Last Man on Earth has been renewed for a fourth season at Shut Fox. your butt. Shut your butt. We're very excited about this because we are close personal friends with Will Forte, as you as you well know. Any listener of the show knows that we're uh, we're best friends with Will Forte and, and everybody involved with that show. And it's it's such a unique, different, weird sort of TV experience that um, I know it doesn't get the greatest ratings in the world, but I'm super glad that there's a place for it and that uh, it's going to be able to to go into a fourth season. Um, I don't know. Richard, are you caught up? Are you? I'm not. I okay. finished season one. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm terrible. I know Kit is thing. with me. He's a little bit. He's a yeah. couple episodes behind me. I I've watched the show this year. Has had, I believe, sixteen episodes, and I've watched it three times. So I've just like binged four, five, wow. six episodes at a time in two or three different sittings. Um, and this last, the last episode really left it in a funny place to where they're going to, they brought in a new character. I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. They brought in a new character who I think we're all going to be very excited about. And cool. uh, it's a lot of fun. So tell you what, I'll finish it by the end of summer because I've got, I've got, v I'm finishing Veep. Nice. I'm caught up almost on Veep. And so, cause I have to see all these movies and do the show with you oh, guys totally, yeah. and I'm trying to keep my reading going cause that makes my brain happy. And so TV has fallen by the wayside over the last few years. So I, I literally only watch the Americans now. I yeah. watch the Americans and then I'm like normally binging a sitcom very slowly. So I'm almost done with Veep and then I'm doing Silicon Valley. 
Right. Um, How is that? Because I I've really enjoyed that every time I've watched it, but I've never not seen it. Binged. Never it. seen it. Okay. Never seen a second. Okay. So I'll, I'll finish Veep and I'm going to start Silicon Valley, which I've never seen. And I was kind of stayed away from it for a while because not in a Silicon sense, but sense. But I've done the tech startup thing in my career, sure. and it's just like that's the last thing I want to think about right. Right. when I'm like trying to. But I've heard enough, and I like Mike Judge a, a lot, so right. I'm gonna plow through that. And then, um, and then I'll do Last Man on Earth. So by nice. end of summer, yeah, I will, uh, I will, I'll be caught up. I'll, I'll watch next season live. I love it. It's very cool. funny, dude. And and oh, of course, I mean, found... I didn't quit for any reason. Right, right, just... right. No, I totally get it. It's it's impossible. We get we get emails and tweets and stuff like that a lot. And I lo- again, we love it. We want to hear it. But one of the one of the main types of tweets we get it, or or emails is like, "Hey, have you guys watched this? You should watch this show." And and my response is always like, "Look, man, Netflix puts out fourteen new shows every day. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, maybe before the kid, or you know, when you when you Richard were not trying to start a company or something. Like, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe we could have got to all that, but I, I can't. I'm, I'm four episodes behind on the Americans, and I think it's the best show on TV. So, like, it's, it's impossible. I'm right there with you. I'm three behind on Americans man, right now, it's and, crazy, and I love it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's impossible." And yeah, I get those too. And it's like, you guys realize we see a movie every week. So that's yeah. two oh, hours. And, and we're, then we have we're almost always watching movies for throwbacks too. And yeah. if you're and weird we saw- like me, it's like, well, there's a Marvel movie coming out. So I got to watch all the Marvel movies. <laughs> to get prepared, you know, it's just like, I, when do I have time to do this stuff? But so big shout, you and I should throw this out there. If, if you want this type of content, <laughs> um, and I hope he doesn't mind this. If you're like, Hey, I would like mad about movies takes on, uh, Mad About Movie style takes on every TV show that's currently out there, and you're like Richard, Brian, and Ken are not getting it done. I'm gonna sh- just search our our friend of the show, Adrian Howard. He's at Kroll K R U L L forty one K R U L L forty one on Twitter. He, I, Adrian, I, I know you're listening because you somehow listen to our show within. 12 hours of it being released every week and, and send us an encouraging note. And I love you to death. You're the best person on the planet, but you watch everything, <laughs> everything, everything. We are it's, amazed. It's, it's <laughs> I'm in awe of you. Yeah. I'm yeah. in awe of you. And so if you just follow Adrian, he'll, 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 he won't lead some, you astray either. He, yeah, he watches only. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, his, his day has 97 hours, <laughs> in, I swear. And I mean that as such a compliment. Yeah. He, I wish I was Adrian yeah. like so badly. And, uh, and he's such a nice person too. He's like, he's like my, I feel like he's like family to me. Like every yeah. time we do an episode, I wake up the next morning and there's a tweet like, <laughs> yes. love the app guys. Yeah. You guys are the best. 100%. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm just like, get out of bed. All happy. He's the best. So, um, it's like anyway. daily affirmation. Really appreciate <laughs> it. He is. He is like, I love, I make jokes. Um, I love our listeners and I love the fans of the show. I, I, I act like I don't. It's a bit. I promise you guys are all the best. I really enjoy all of you. I like Adrian the best. Like he's, <laughs> he's my favorite kid. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. yeah. Um, got to play favorites. It's smart. Yeah. I, the only yeah. way to parent as I've learned. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait till you have another, um, we'll see how that goes. So anyway, so last man on earth, a little tangent there yeah. is, uh, it's renewed. It's coming, it's coming back. It's in a strong cool. place. I, I haven't seen episode count. I imagine it'll be a short season, and that's what it should be. It should be... The, the This last season, they kind of did a... They basically did the fall season and then the spring season, and that I like that. I, I appreciate... Yeah. Don't make it 22 episodes if you can't fill 22 why, episodes. And, and Why just, is anything 22 episodes? I don't know. Anymore. I mean, look, if you're doing like Chicago Fire or something, yeah, exactly, then that's fine sure. for 22 episodes, but everything else should be... 
somewhere between 10 and 15 and, and i'm even it. fine with like 16 or 17 but i i like the um you know who actually invented this um and we don't something we don't talk about it's not really our wheelhouse but is uh chandra the yeah. mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. she's the one that invented the fall season spring season like mm-hmm. it's like yep. the hybrid kind of it's not 22 episodes but it's not like the limited 13 it's like right 16 episodes of how to get away with murder eight in the fall eight in the spring i think that's perfect for network television mm-hmm. yeah no i agree well it's i'm they did some really fun things with it this last season so i'm i'm glad i i kind of doubt we'll get a fifth season so this may be it's it's last raw but well, four, four seasons for a will forte fronted movie or uh, tv show that is literally just like i'm alone and <laughs> the last person alive <laughs> and then that's that's incredible right like that's yes. that's far beyond what we would have and ever it's kind seen. of a blessing i think it's the best you know i would i would imagine as someone who's done some creative work but obviously not writing for episodic television or anything mm-hmm. but i would say that the the hard place to be i would think is like 3 years of not knowing whether we're coming back or not because you would yeah. like to conclude the narrative so having the hey we're about to cancel you yeah, yeah okay good, we're not mm-hmm. and then you kind of do the math of all right, this right. is probably our last year. Right. Let's start wrapping it up. It's Unless probably we're the scrubs, best. then this is it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> scrubs, scrubs by the way, still going. By the way, it is yeah. just on those TVs at the gas pump. <laughs> but this season was good. Murphy it was USA really, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This season was really good. McGinley brings it, man. He always does. Um, that's great. But uh, but this will allow them, especially kind of a high concept thing like like Last Man on Earth. It's going to allow them to to. Uh, to wrap it up and 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 kind of mm-hmm. in an interesting way. As fans of the show, I think it'll bring a more satisfying total product. Obviously, when you're a fan of something, you want it to go on forever, but you kind of want it to end well. And I yeah. think yeah. this will be it. All right, what else we got, Mister Newsman? So we got a little. Uh, this is super exciting to me. I'm very I'm very pumped about this. You're the Sean Hannity of movies. <laughs> How dare you? First of all, uh, <laughs> second. There's a new show coming to FX Networks. So I don't know if it'll be FX or FXX or FX movies, or, you know. By this <laughs> FX, time, there may be a FX, F- X, X, triple F- X, triple. It's just all F- Vin Diesel. Okay. He, all right. It's all Vin Diesel shows. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Well, a few uh, Ice Cube shows, but mostly Vin Diesel shows. It's perfect. It's the perfect combination. Uh, FX has greenlit, greenlighted, greenlit a new series. It's going to be animated. It is Deadpool, Deadpool mm. animated series, and it's going to be. I believe written and or run by Donald Glover, who continues right. to solidify his future American treasure status just on a daily on a daily basis he's doing something creative that we enjoy and appreciate. And so I yeah. am stoked, Richard. That sounds awesome. Like that just sounds it like does. a perfect design and something that I'm really going to enjoy. Uh you know, I think I think Donald Glover and Adrian Howard hang out at the same places where they just add hours to your day <laughs> because gosh. he's got, well, I mean, I know he has kind of a um, Larry David curb con- contract with FX with Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to do like that whenever he feels like it. Isn't that kind of the deal? Yeah. Yeah. So they so, know they won't have an Atlanta next year, but they okay. may in 2018, I think is the last I had seen. So he's got Atlanta. He's got all the Childish Gambino music. He's now in the lead in a huge tentpole movie. Right. And now he adds this. Wow, man, that's impressive. And uh, you and I, you harder than I, but I did, I threw some shecklings out uh, mm-hmm. years ago on Donald Glover stock. Um, and you bought, you you mortgaged your house. You took out a second <laughs> oh, yeah. mortgage. I am taking many vacations <laughs> on this stock. It's, it's yeah, maturing so beautifully. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. He's so he he's so talented. Um, he reminds me the I don't know the person that I like to compare him to is 
the more this I don't want this to be a slight to this person because I, I I quite enjoy this person as well, but he's the more talented Justin Timberlake, or at least he's the more focused mm. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Um, and even Jack yeah. White is that way. We're you and I are the two biggest Jack White fans in the entire world, sure. and there are times when. I just want Jack White to make a rocking album instead of, I don't know, reupholstering a couch or yeah. opening a huge factory in Detroit or something. Like he's he's so great, but it's like it's like uh, creative ADD where he just like can't stay. He can't yeah, sit I'm still too, to go. Do I can something. do too many different things. Yes. so I'm gonna. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes Timber even like, his albums like suffer from that too because it's sure. like okay, cool, you can do 18 different styles of music. Could you do three and make <laughs> really? You know. Anyway. But, that's what to me. That's what Glover is. Is like he could be the. Mo- I, I think he could be the best stand up in the game right now if that's what he chose to do. And I think he could be the best hip hop R and B artist in mm-hmm. the game if he's you know. And and you go on down the list. He's a very good uh, comedic actor. I think he's got chops as a as a dramatic actor as well. Oh, yeah, some of the stuff. In, yeah, and he's great. So look, he he's just immensely talented, and I. I think he picks the right moments to focus on the right things. And I, I don't know. I just think in two years, three years, whatever. And I, I may have said this at the beginning. When we talked Atlanta uh, last fall, I felt like I, I may have said, I think in a couple of years, people are going to look back and be like, whoa, where'd this Tunnel Glover thing come from? And I'm like, but he was there the whole time. He was always awesome. Like this has been, you know, yeah. this has been building for years. Totally. So. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's kind of the um and it's the most overblown thing of all time. Uh especially on podcast with a bunch of faux intellectuals such as myself, but it's that kind of 10,000 hour rule thing of like he has an immen- enorm- enormous amount of talent, but you kind of have to er- in the early years really f- laser beam and focus that. And like someone like Timberlake, we'll use him as an example, as someone who's multi-talented. Um Without that sort of focusing presence, mentor presence, you know, people forget, you know, uh, Timberlake did that Future Sex Love Sounds record in 06, Mm -hmm. which is great. I still think it's just an incredible record. And then um, the best Prince record, not by Prince probably. Um, And then doesn't do another album until 2013. It's seven years. And it's not seven years. It's seven it's seven years from him, like being 24 to 30, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one. And so like, it's the, pr- we just don't get an album for his absolute prime as an artist, as a pop artist. Right. And so like, that sucks retrospectively. Cause now his music, it's fine. And he's making a lot of money, but it's like, I would have liked two more albums after future sex right away, but he didn't have anyone to be like, Hey, acting's going to be there. <laughs> you know, right. um, movies with Mila Kunis are going to be there. And so like, uh, just, just you're in a good spot right now. Why don't you pop out? I don't know, 61 more tracks and let's focus those down to 33 and let's make a few albums, you know? And the best thing about Donald Glover is not only is he this enormous talent of in, in, in wide ranging and variety of, of creative and, and acting and, and, and things, but he literally just sat under Tina Fey and Dan Harmon for like seven years. Right. Right. And that teaches you like the process you know, and that goes for any career. I mean, you, you think of people, you know, all the time and whether it's their fault or just the fault of, of circumstance that are super smart and super talented and super eager, but they just don't get that leadership early in life and they end up not really utilizing it. So with Glover, you have someone that kind of had to sit there and watch people that really have a process in order mm-hmm. and figure out how to adapt his 
creativity to that process. And when you do that, I think it allows you to be like, yeah, I can run three shows while being in Lion King and rapping. Like I can do that. Sure. Like, Cause I, yeah. I know yeah. how to harness this laser beam. <laughs> Whereas someone like Timberlake is just a disco ball and it's just going That's in a, a trillion different directions. Mm-hmm. And he can just kind of be a laser and move it around and it, it works. So I'm, I, I think, I think, we have reached a perfect storm with someone like him that has a really good pedigree as a just creative person, but also a really good pedigree in terms of the people they were around. Sure. So, yeah, um, I'm excited to see his next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll probably end up just doing like a bad record with Jay Z in a couple of years. <laughs> and it'll, he'll put on a suit and tie and we'll all be super bummed out. But, uh, but no, I think, I think he's, he, he's, he is someone that also, and this is all credit to him. I won't even credit the people he works with is someone, and this is even more rare, someone with enormous talent and enormous taste. Yeah. And he knows where to apply that talent really well. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll shut up. But he's uh, he's kind of a genius on that front. Also, he's my age. So thanks because I feel like a loser now because all I have is dumb podcast and he's, uh, you know, taking over. And that beautiful, lovely son or whatever. But uh, he's us. Eh, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I stand, by, I stand by what you said. Uh, cool. All right. You got one more news story for yeah, us? Yeah, dude. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I oh, wish no. Kent was here because I think I think Kent is the person who brought... Did you bring this person into the American Treasures or was it Kent? I feel like it was Kent. I don't, no, know. I don't know. I don't know where you're going, so okay. I'm scared. All right. Here we go. Did you see the news? Did, Yo-Yo, did Yo-Yo Ma kill someone? <laughs> Yeah, tragic, tragic accident. Uh, no, just, just couldn't. I we just, haven't even gotten the vest to him yet, and it's already been turned back. Uh, no, jet ski. I get. He's crazy on that jet tough ski. Yo-Yo gotta, and he gotta, likes to drink when he does it. <laughs> we got to pack it away in the in the old wardrobe with Bill if, Cosby's vest. So, and Brian Williams. <laughs> and Brian Williams' vest. If people know Yo-Yo Ma, they know he likes to pound some Bartles and James wine coolers and get on that jet ski, and that's just who he is. Oh man. Okay. Did you see the memo circulating? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Regarding American Treasure Steve Harvey. Was I it think you it was me. Was it I was me. Okay. I love Steve Harvey. Okay. Man. I know teams, you do. Teams, I do too. I, we we all do. That's why he's he was a unanimous American <laughs> Treasures uh, nominee or uh, inductee. Um, I think we have the same opinion on this, and it may be an we unpopular do. opinion. <laughs> team Steve Harvey on yeah, this memo. Like I'm all I, like okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google it. I'm not going to read the letter. He he sent a memo out to his staff coming into his talk show. It basically says, "Leave me alone." Yeah, let me until be. we shoot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So look, say it more professionally. You could definitely say it more professionally. Really, and, but he's a comedian. Like he's, a, I know he came or, up as a comic. He's funnier. not an yeah. HR professional. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? He's just writing out an email like, "Hey." Leave right, me alone. Right. That's probably the the biggest issue with the whole thing is like have somebody do that for you. Mm-hmm. Have you surely there's somebody in your room that you can be like, hey, just can you just send out a memo and tell people to leave me the heck alone? Like I just I just want to be I gotta I, he has nine hundred things. He's doing a talk show and family feud and a radio show and all this stuff. Of course he needs time alone to be able to figure out how to do all this stuff and to get his mind right for his weird talk show where he's basically doing dr phil but better than dr phil so like <laughs> leave him alone leave him alone i and, and that's an important thing i think i think people should note the type of um show that is and i i just want to like logistically talk talk this through so that show he does is like where, what how does he thrive right Steve Harvey's great in the moment, kind right. of improv 
reacting to funny situations. He's basically like, and it's fitting Keenan Thompson plays him. He's a Keenan Thompson face come to life, right? <laughs> Crazy thing happens. Steve Harvey reacts. We all laugh. We enjoy it. So he's not a Conan or, you know, you know, Letterman's a bad example because he's kind of like this too, but a Conan or a Colbert or, uh, you know, um, Seth Meyers where he's in a writer's room, he's pounding out jokes. So, so you have to understand these talk shows, some talk shows are like, they're like your job, right? Where all of you at home, you work some like marketing job, let's say, and you, your job is to make this product and to sell this product. And you spend eight hours a day, nine hours a day, 10 hours a day, just churning and pounding out this product and then figuring out how to sell it. And you're in meetings and then you're on email and you're like designing stuff and it sucks. That's basically what it is to work on a, on like a comedy talk show, right? right. You, it, it's no different. Just that your product is jokes or bits or interviews or whatever. And the host is part of that. And then at the end of the day, it'd be like your job and whatever marketing job you do. And then at the end of the day, you throw a talent show <laughs> and you show off what you did all day. And that's the only difference. It's like if you're nine to five, just had a talent show at five 30 and then everyone right. went home. Right. Steve Harvey shows different that daily. It, he's not involved. They have producers that produce the segments. They prep him for like an hour in a meeting. They send Steve Harvey out there. They throw crazy people at him that argue about like paternity or my, <laughs> my, you know, daughter yells at me all the time. How about that? You know, all the Dr. <laughs> Phil, Mari Povich stuff. And then he goes, well, and you know, you know, he makes an improv joke and then that's it. Right. That's his show. So Steve wants to come in. He wants to have his meeting with his segment producers. All right. Here's what we're doing. And he wants to go into his room and whatever he wants to do, he wants to throw on ESPN. He wants to throw on CNN. He wants to kind of get his mind right. Cause he has 18 other jobs. Yeah. And then he wants to come out on set and do his thing and be funny. And he doesn't want anyone bothering him in between. Yeah. That's it, a totally reasonable request. I, agree. <laughs> I know I've seen so many angry tweets and such about this. And I'm like, I, like I 100% get it. I am 100% in his yeah. corner on this because here's the, like you brought up your, your day job and whatnot. Like for this show, the worst thing that can happen to, for me personally, I don't know how you are or how Kent is, totally. but for me, the worst thing that can happen and it happens about at least once a month, if not half the time is I am running home from my regular job, mm -hmm. which still have to do a regular job and will forever. So, you know, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, you can donate if you want to take away from it. No, no, look, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Um, I'm coming home from my regular job, which I work late a lot of times and I Don't. run home and I'm like trying to scarf food as fast as I can. I'm going to die at an early age because of how much <laughs> fast food I have to eat because of this. And then I'm trying to get my kid in bed and get in and record. And the worst thing that could happen is going from this from going from work to eat to put the kid to bed to on the air within 30 minutes because I, I don't have time to like, and you can tell, I feel like you can tell. If I ever go back and listen to the show, I can tell the episodes where I literally ran from one thing to the next and then came into the room and got on the show. When I have 20 minutes, 30 minutes to sit and prepare and like get my mind right and all that sort of stuff, I personally, I feel like my own performance on this show is so much better. And I'm not freaking Steve Harvey. Like I'm not yeah. going from I'm not getting paid ten million dollars a year or whatever for all of these different things. And I don't have to put on a happy face in front of a live studio audience and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Like 
I it it makes complete sense to me. I'm just like hey, leave the hey, by the way, alone. Let him by do the way, thing. I bet. <laughs> Guarantee Seacrest has a similar memo. Oh, dude! Right? There's no when he does when oh, he does Kelly yeah. Ripa, and then he goes to his radio show and does the top ten of yeah. the day, and then he heads over to Idol, and you're like, "Hey, hey, Brian, sorry to bother you. Uh, my aunt's coming in town next week, and she'd yeah. love to meet you, and like huge fan. You know, I guarantee he goes like. But here's you know, you're right. You make a valid criticism. Seacrest maybe goes to someone and says, "Hey, can you make sure that never <laughs> yeah. effing happens again?" Right. Um, right. And Steve Harvey just wrote a memo, but yeah. like. I kind of like that he did. Like, I don't yeah, know. I kinda, think the memo, adds to I didn't find it offensive at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally like, agree. and I love that. It's like, if you're reading this, yes, I mean you. That was my <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, it's fantastic. So, you know what? No, Steve, team Steve Harvey all the way. Number one, number two, we're going to send him another vest, <laughs> let alone take his vest away. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is awesome. We're getting him, a, we're getting him like a North face style one for the winter months. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's perfect. But we should get him yeah. one with a like a like a hood that he can pull all the way over his face whenever he. Just I'm gonna embroider. I'm gonna embroider that memo on the back. I love it. I love it. That should be our <laughs> yeah. constitution. No, uh, it's pretty strong. Pretty strong. All right. Well, team, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Team Steve Harvey all the way. Absolutely, absolutely, Team Steve. Just in general, but in this specific <laughs> instance, I'm the same way. And we have. A lot of people don't know this about the show. I mean, we work other jobs and stuff for fun, but we have a pretty successful operation over here. And we have about, what are we at now? Like we're at 70 employees and growing and we've got like 13 or 14 interns. And it's like, they're always on me. You know, when I'm walking through the MAM studio over here on the Paramount lot, they're always, they're always badgering me for tickets to this, things like that. Can you get me to the opera, Richard? Like, Hey, Foo Fighters are in town, Brian. Like, and it's like, Look, I my dad finally, has tickets to the stars. I'll get you. I'll get you passing. It's fine. I'll yeah, you can sit. There. You can sit with my dad. It's cool. And so, it's. Uh, <laughs> but as long as I can tweet your comments on the game, right. so it's fine. And so, um, it, it, it's uh, it's it's a sad. You know, those things are public. But you know, it's funny. Like I've gotten those kind of emails in work life before, as of use, as of every listener but because it's show business everyone takes it the wrong way but like you know what you know like when your ceo comes into your company if you work for a 500 person company um which you know these (laughs) these syndicated shows are pretty big operations right and you're bothering the ceo guess what you're probably not gonna have a job very long or you're gonna (laughs) get a real crappy email about (laughs) it and it's pretty much the standards guess who the ceo doesn't want to talk to you so just like back off (laughs) exactly so all right steve stay strong my brother i love Mm -hmm. you and uh brian tell you what um let's take a quick break and let's uh let's hear from some of the sponsors of the show because we love them so much and they're so good to us Mm -hmm. and they're so good to the listeners with the deals they give you and then let's come back and talk a little throwback from what 2002 yeah 2002 christopher nolan picture called insomnia Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. 
Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we are back. Welcome back to the Mad About Movies podcast. It is your friend, Richard Barden, here with your kind of friend, but kind of creepy, Brian Hill. Hey, Brian. Hey, we're going to talk a little insomnia now. This is a movie that is oft forgotten. I would say this is probably one of the... Um, I'm trying to think who to compare it to in another really like big director. It's like the uh, Mean Streets of First Scorsese or something like that. <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a very a very fine film, and we'll get into specifics later. And it, it it features two ginormous actors giving ginormous performances, and a, and a director who is also huge. But yet, I think just before he comes into his own. Um, yeah. With obviously the Batman series, is it, did I pronounce that correctly? Is it Batman or is it Batman? Batman. Yeah. Okay, Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's a Christopher Nolan joint. That's what it says right at the beginning in the credits, and uh, and it's it's insomnia. So Brian, what? How did you experience this film? Did you see it in theaters? Then I was sixteen, I think, when this fifteen or sixteen when this came out, and I saw it in theaters, and I remember being really interested in it. But I was also very dumb, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So, what what was your experience? You're a little bit older than me. You were like 41 when you saw it, right? Yeah, I had I got actually got the uh, the AARP discount for this. That's so good. So it's good. Um, I appreciate that. No, I saw it in theaters. Um, okay. I was probably not. I guess I was 19 when. Yeah, your college age. Yeah. Yeah, and I I loved I loved Memento. I'm a huge Memento fan. We're gonna be talking about Memento uh, as one of our throwbacks next month or maybe early July. So look for that because we have we will have then covered every. Um, major Christopher Nolan film. Oh, that's following cool. That's, that's true. Really... We did the Batman, the Batman's, and then we did. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, we've Good done Inception. We've done Interstellar. So that's that's kind of the lead up to Dunkirk. That's why part of why we're doing um, this episode here. So I had seen Memento and I loved it, and I just thought it was that's such a completely different, unique film than mm-hmm. any other. Totally. Um, at least at that time. I mean, in in hindsight, you can see like it drew on certain uh, other films and whatnot, but I I don't really care about that when I saw it in 2001 or whatever. Um, and so I was very high on this young director known as Christopher Nolan, and in so- I was a, I'm I'm this is my least favorite 
of the Nolan films. I think it's the worst as okay. well, depending on how you feel about um, The Dark Knight Rises and Interstellar. I'm very high on both of those films, and so maybe I don't know. But if, if you don't if you don't care for uh, the way Interstellar came together, or perhaps in your mind didn't come together, then you know you may think that that's worse. But um, I think Insomnia is a. At the time, I found it to be um, a very interesting film, kind of as you put it, but one that I didn't walk out of Insomnia in 2002 thinking, man, I really can't wait to see what that guy does next. I kind of thought, well, that wasn't exactly what I was perhaps expecting it to be. And so um, it to me, was it was disappointing at the time. It's less disappointing now, but I will say this is, this is no more than the third time that I've watched this. It might, it honestly might be the second time, um, or first time since the since the theater, and it is. It feels the least like a Christopher Nolan movie of all of his films, and totally. I, you know that's partly that may be partly because it's an adaptation of a of a Norwegian film, um, and he didn't write the script. Uh, he, from what I understand, he he doctored it at the end or, or did a kind of a final draft version, but he took somebody else's script and, and, uh, and put that on screen pretty much. And so maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's that he was still at the time a, a pretty young, uh, filmmaker and, and wasn't quite sure what he wanted to, to do on screen. This is, this is his first big budget movie. This movie had a, uh, like a $45 million budget. Wow. Um, whereas Memento was 9 million. And so, <laughs> You know, this is a big deal. This is the jump up. Um, and there were so many, you know, there, there were so much aspirations for him based on Memento because of the, I believe that had an Oscar nomination and, um, yeah, nominated for two Oscars. I think he got a writing. Uh, yeah, writing and, and editing. And so, um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, look, he comes out of the gate with Memento and you're just like, dude, this is the guy of the future. And then Insomnia is just kind of this dip. And, um, this this last rewatch, I, I I watched it late last night. Um, it was it was interesting to go through because it's uh, it. I think visually you can kind of see, mm-hmm. in hindsight, you can see the Christopher Nolan style. It's a gorgeous film, and he yeah. used the uh, the setting so beautifully mm-hmm. uh, throughout from the from the first shot really all the way through. Um, but the the plot doesn't quite move the way that I. I kind of expect a Christopher Nolan plot to go and some of the performance is, is a little iffy. So, um, so look, it's, it's an interesting, it should be for, should make for at least a fun discussion. Um, but it's, yeah, we'll it's see not about one. That. I'm going to give you nothing. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, it was fun. But Sorry. it's not, it's not one that I'm, I, I'm never going to go back and rewatch this with any sort of like joy or, or desire. If, if I ever watch it again, it will be because for some reason we're going to be talking about it again in 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a movie that I, that I get super pumped up about, but it's, it's, it's probably better than I had remembered it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but not as good as, as I would have liked, I, w- I want it to be as I liked it to be. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, you know, this is a movie that I found. I was, I too, like, you know, I was a little bit younger than you, but like, I think I probably saw Memento probably six months before this came out and was like super hyped for this because I was starting to discover myself as a young, pretentious uh, film nerd. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was That's never. When the cardigans started, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it, I, cardigans were, those were factory issued at four in my <laughs> family, man. We're way too waspy for that. Nah, but, uh, no, but, you know, um, 
I, by the way, this was like my peak film nerd. I am way less of a movie nerd now. <laughs> I wasn't like 15 or 16. I would have been way better at the show back if podcasts that exist. No, you'd uh, be on a different show. It's insufferable. <laughs> yeah. I was the same way. Like that, that version yeah. of Brian is the worst. There's no question. <laughs> We'd be good on slash film though. So, um, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, so this movie came out and no, I, that's a joke. I, those guys are great. And so, um, uh, so this movie came out and, uh, went and saw it in the theater. It was like, this was like one of the first, like, I felt like sort of adult, like movie going experience in my life. Like I'm mm-hmm. seeing this for not just entertainment reasons, but like interesting intellectual slash artistic reasons, whatever. And, uh, it came out a little cold retrospectively. It's easy to look at this and say, you know what? I think Nolan was really, I think this was kind of learning how to film something at a bigger scale learning how to direct really big, you know, actors. And he's going to use this essentially as like a film school to go do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's retrospect. I don't think that's what happened. I just mean, that's like the easy, that, that fits the narrative, right? I'm sure. going to do, I'm yeah. going to do the, yeah. I'm going to do, uh, what was the first movie before Memento? I always forget what it's following. called. I'm going to do following super low budget. I'm going to do Memento was sort of like an early masterpiece, uh, limited budget, but it's going to be like an indie crazy hit for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to kind of transition into the thing that I don't want to go right into something big. So I'm going to do, I'm going to adapt this, you know, Swedish movie or whatever it is. And, uh, I'm going to kind of learn how to deal with like really big stars and a bigger scale and some money. And then I'm going to go do Batman. Right. I don't think that's what happened, but it's kind of an easy way to fit, fit it in. Right. Um, if you're rewriting your own history. That's the way you write. Right. It, right. Like totally. if you're Matthew McConaughey it and coming <laughs> up with different reasons every week of how you got your break. Like that's where you're, that's how you're drawing it up. If you, if you, have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I met a guy in my Lincoln, and <laughs> it turns out it was a ghost. Um, I t- my I funny side note: my boss uh, had a date the other night, um, and he met her downtown here in Dallas. And Owen Wilson was at the table next to him, and he said, well, "I didn't say anything, but should I have said something?" I was like, "No, no, no, you don't, you don't say anything." Is that a cool like kind of? sushi place mm-hmm. like he don't say anything he, i was like actually if you were gonna say anything you should say just go up to his table and be like i don't want to bother you i want to buy you guys a bottle of wine i love you in those lincoln commercials <laughs> 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 just to like screw with him forever and then buy him like a really nice bottle of wine and then just walk out uh so so that's the 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 narrative kind of on this film but i i think it was a serious kind of, um, I think, I think Nolan was maybe working on his directing here, but it was a, a film he planned on making mm-hmm. and it's, it's with the crew, whole crew, you know, you said it's shot. Well, it's, it's Wally Pfister again to, to Wally Pfister. We of course say, as always, you know, I hardly know her, but, um, Hey-o. Yahtzee. And so, but, uh, but, uh, it's a, it's a, it's the whole crew we come to love that we already kind of love from Memento, but we grow to really love, uh, later on sure uh but like what i i gotta ask you know um it does kind of also hit on the theme of of um psychological thriller that he seems to be interested mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. early on but what was what's the point of this movie I yeah say. no and it's not <laughs> i don't mean that's a really broad question i don't mean to be silly but like you know when you kind of come to it when you remove all the context around it right 
Like, it's fine. It's good. It's good. It's fine. It's like seeing a play by accident, and it's better than you expect. But what what are we doing here? What's going on? So, Brian, what do you think? No, I think that's that was my take coming out. It was like, okay, Pacino was good in that. And, and in hindsight, this is the last good Pacino performance, I, I think, maybe ever. For, no, certainly he did, up to this point. He's kind on, of... On, t- on film, on film. He's I don't know, man. HBO movies, okay, but... Uh, did know. you see Danny Collins yet? No, he's done some cool like indie movies lately. The okay. last couple of years, he's like kind of circle. Your you, your premise isn't wrong. I would tweak it to say it's the last good uh, Pacino performance for like sixteen years. But then, like randomly, okay. he's been fair. good again lately. So I I would say you should see Danny Collins. And there's one other one I saw on an airplane. I was like, oh, he's not just doing the you know sure. Al Pacino yeah. again it's well, like he's like invented a new character and it's like mm-hmm. oh I like this guy so you should check him out well that's the thing is is I've said this about Sean Penn in the past but I think it applies here look if you ask anybody from who's the greatest who's the greatest American actor uh, of all time Pacino will come up in that conversation and he deserves to be there he's he's such a fantastic he's one of the best ever at the time uh, in his prime uh, and obviously De Niro is usually the other person that, that gets brought up um, you know, so, and I, I always bring up DJ Qualls, but regardless, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, like, you know, to each his own, um, who will be remembered historically more in 300 years when they do, um, like, you know, the Hamilton about our culture now, <laughs> DJ Qualls or DJ Khaled? What do you think? Gosh, I hope it's DJ Qualls. Just, <laughs> I kind of do too. I kind of do too. Well, man. Um, by the way. Pacino has the Irishman. He's playing Jimmy Hoffa in Scorsese's movie next year. Oh, that's so that, right. That, that could be, be interesting. I'm excited about that. But no, when he is invested, when he's locked in, he's a sight to behold. And I, I don't know if he's... Insomnia is kind of like, I'm in, but I don't really have my fastball anymore, maybe would be the way that I would yeah. I would term it. It's not, it's not a great performance. Like You can't stack no. his work in Insomnia up against The Godfather or Heat <laughs> or... Uh, I don't know, Glengarry, Glen Ross, or whatever. Like you, you can't, you can't do that. But if you compare it to like uh, eighty-eight minutes and <laughs> Jack and Jill and all these just horrible movies that he's Jesus, been in, he's, the, in <laughs> he he's in Jack and Jill. He is, man. He's a major part of that film, uh, the beautiful, wonderful film. But this is like one of those times where you're like, oh right, I kind of forgot what it looks like when he really seems like he cares and when he's really locked in and so i to answer your question i went on a tangent there but to, to answer your question it's it's got some good performances from the two leads and i want to talk about hillary swank in a minute but mm-hmm. the the leads are very good and it looks very very good it's very it's a pretty film um visually captivating and like okay i get but i i get what's happening but i don't know that it amounts to anything and i feel like that was my take on it coming out in 2002 of just like okay that was that was fine but why did i just spend my 8 bucks to to see that like what what do i take out of that that is going to carry me forward into the next Christopher Nolan movie totally. or into when am I going to watch this again or am I going to tell a friend hey you need to go see Insomnia like there's nothing really there to to push that that forward and that to me is the opposite of what I expect from any Christopher Nolan movie I mean in 15 years Christopher Nolan can put he could have five not great movies in a row and I'm still going to be like but it's Christopher Nolan and I just at some point he's you know he does stuff that is worth talking about and this is that one where you're just like okay I I guess we 
got some performances. I don't I don't really know what we take out of that um moving forward. And and maybe it's fortuitous that he got um mm-hmm. that he went straight from this into into Batman. I don't know. I I would like to think that it's more than just good luck because he's such an incredibly talented guy, but this is it it does feel like an odd dip compared to some of his other other films just yeah. from just from the standpoint that you're saying of like what do we what's the point what are we doing here absolutely and it's it's just kind of um it's such an odd film in that respect you know what's interesting about it as as i would say it's both two things right as a movie it's a director's movie right you're kind of like mm-hmm. i like what he's doing here shot wise this has some scale to it you know like we talked about earlier this is moving on to a to a larger career in, in big blockbuster entertainment. He, he, he's mm-hmm. an indie filmmaker, which is rare, which was not satisfied with indie filmmaking, which a lot of indie filmmakers are. Cause it's quite frankly, sure. probably a more pleasant process. He's like, mm-hmm. I want to make giant movies. Right. Um, but so that is, this is one truth. The other truth is think about what a good play this would be. Oh yeah. yeah. If you change like, six things about it. <laughs> right. And so it's weird, right? Like if, if Pacino and, and, and Williams did this on Broadway, it's like the hit of the year, but as a movie, it feels underwritten, which is weird. Isn't that weird? It's like a real, I, I can't think of any other thing that exists in those mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. in those two worlds. Um, but I think it's because it has these big brassy, uh, performances in it by, sure big brassy actors, you know? Right. And you know, that's obviously always better on stage because you, you literally taste it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but as a movie, it's, it's definitely, as we talked about kind of, a. I want to see, I'm going to test a few things retrospectively, at least Mm -hmm. I want to test a few things here. I want to see, I want to see how this works. So, so what are your thoughts? and, And it's something too, to be said for learning to, to, work with huge actors like that's that to me may be the most important thing that guy pierce um, is furious at you right now <laughs> i love guy pierce uh but he's you know at the time no one i mean he had la confidential and that was about it but regardless going from guy pierce to al pacino and robin williams is a huge upgrade um just from a just from a i don't know a, a celebrity status uh sign or or that level um so to be able to i I think that may be the most important thing that you can take out of this movie if you're christopher nolan is like for the rest of the next 10 years i'm going to be working with uh christian bale uh michael kane morgan freeman uh i'm going to get some leonardo dicaprio action in there matthew mcconaughey and hathaway like i'm just going down the list of tom hardy of like these great harry styles harry styles the the greatest (laughs) actor of of his generation Uh, most people call him the al pacino of uh millennials i've said that from the beginning man (laughs) you and i when we went to that 1d concert right we were like this guy is gonna be you know the um He's the Olivier. He's the yeah. modern Olivier. Yeah. I just I wish that security would have understood and not kicked this out. It would have been a better experience. <laughs> I know. But I know. He, he knows. He knows he we love it. him. It's, he, he got understood. it. And it's we touched fine. him and we got a little bit of his hair. So like we win. <laughs> yeah, it's around my necklace or around my neck right now. But um I think it's important oh, to Oh, that's learn where you put it, huh? That. <laughs> um <laughs> it's in a it's in a vial of Angelina Jolie's <laughs> blood. So um no, look it, I think it's important to learn how to do that. I think it's mm-hmm. that it makes a I think that has served him very well. Because this is the mo, this is a very reined in Al Pacino, and that 
had did not happen in the 10 years following this movie and it really hadn't happened all that much in the 10 years leading up to this movie and i think you have to give some credit to that it's partly the the role that he's playing is <laughs> is subdued it would be very weird to be six days into not sleeping and to like have the big Pacino eyes and just screaming <laughs> at people and stuff. But I think you have to give no one some credit there. Is Pacino um, the person that everyone can do? Not everyone can do an impression <laughs> of, but everyone can do a two second Al Pacino. Yeah. Like yeah. my grandmother, my 88 year old grandmother from North Dakota could probably yeah. give to me two seconds of Al yeah. Pacino. I have a great Pacino, but I can't do it on the show because it's it's a monologue from Heat and it's not appropriate whatsoever. But the, yes, but, I can channel. But it the kids time. at the church love it. And yeah, that's what yeah. Counts. All the third graders are big fans of Heat. Thanks to me. No. Uh, <laughs> so, what about Robin Williams, dude? What? How okay, did, so how I'm glad we teased this. So this is like right. So we, we uh, Williams has um, Goodwill Hunting in '97. Um, and then he goes right into what dreams may come, which is what we all, Oh man. um, that's oh, a John Krasinski moment, isn't it? Like that's, uh, that yes. should have been a hit. It should have worked. It did not. Total Krasinski. <laughs> yeah. He, he should probably just do a remake of it just to test the theory. <laughs> um, but, but his gym face, the devil's hilarious. So, the, so he does that and then kind of like, did he do anything was, what was in between? I should probably just pull this up. Tell you what, I'll be professional and actually research here. So, but it's like this weird kind of point in William's career where he kind of mm-hmm. doubles down on the drama because one hour photo was right around here. Yeah, that year. Not to interrupt you, but that please that thank year, you because I'd like to I'd like to Google some things. So interrupt sure. away, my friend. Two thousand and two is the not just dramatic turn because he'd already done that it, i mean mm-hmm. you can oh, yeah. go all the way back to the 80s and he did dramatic work just in a you know in a funny way but he he went real dark in 2002 because you have one hour photo came out that year uh death to smoochie came out that year which oh was super the, dark my favorite Danny devito directed film yeah <laughs> of the dozens to choose from and uh and insomnia so uh, all that year was mm-hmm. like hey remember the guy from mrs doubtfire he doesn't exist anymore you know it's just like i'm doing really weird dark stuff and this is gonna and two years later he did house of d right directed yeah. by uh, it might be dylan <laughs> gosh i'm reading what? it what's well, weird it's in front of me <laughs> and i can't read it is it dermot mulrow <laughs> it's not try again one more time is it dylan mcderm no <laughs> David Duchovny. Yay. There it is. Yeah. yeah. He does da- that right after. And he kind of goes away for a while. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does. So, so he, okay, here we go. This is what I'm looking for. So he does, um, I thought Patch Adams. So he does Good Will Hunting, Oscar, mm-hmm. awesome drama. What Dreams May Come. Uh, and Patch Adams, which I think sucks. Is that good? It's, that is a movie that I liked at 15 or whatever when I was, ni- in whatever yeah. I was in 1998. And then, you know, five, ten years later, you learn, oh, that movie's terrible. People hate it. And you're like, oh, oh okay. All okay. right, sure. I, yes, it's honestly, a bad movie. It's a bad movie. I have I no honestly clue. Didn't I haven't know. seen it I just, since then, probably. Yeah, I did, I, if you had told me, if we played the Rotten Tomato game, which we played before, mm-hmm. on Patch Adams, that would be a tough one for me because I could go 25 to 95. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. wouldn't know. And so he does that, and then he does Jacob the Liar, which was like, hey, um, remember Roberto Benigni? He, he was kind of annoying. Let's just do yeah. that, but with Robin Williams. And mm-hmm. then Bicentennial Man. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Swinging a net there. AI, 
Yeah, which, which you can't fault anybody for. No, totally. It's a Kubrick slash Spielberg yeah. joint. And then one hour photo, death to Smoochie, insomnia, and then some indie movies, which no one saw. And then boom, I'm back with RV. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's a weird time, man. Like his, his career, his career is very odd and he's an American treasure. And I, his early work especially is so great. And I like seeing him. I liked him in this movie. And I liked he him at the time great. and I like him now. He's very, he was very good in this. It's, it's an odd it's an odd performance. I I don't want to. It's it's not that it's. I it's hard to even say like is it good or is it bad. It's it's weird. Even even fifteen years later, even having seen him do some other dark work after this, and maybe it's just like projecting my past self upon this current viewing. But like it's weird to see him not joking at all and to be totally serious about some really shady stuff, you know, it's, it's odd to me. It's, it's, I found it off putting even 15 years later, in spite of like, he's, he's good at it. He's, he's a solid, I don't know. It's, it was odd for me. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, he, it's weird. These are, it's an easy film to sort of athleticize, um, performance, who wins Pacino Williams, you know, it's a, it's a real mono mono, even though there's other actors in, in, in great actors, you know, in, in Swank's case, Academy Award winning actors and in, in this film, but it feels like a real, uh, battle of acting will between two mm-hmm. historically great, um, performers. Um, but I think we know who wins and I think it's more attorney and <laughs> no, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, who, but I, I hate to do this, but I think, I think Williams wins in this, in this Mm -hmm. round. Right. I think, uh, I think he brings it more than, than Pacino, but maybe by bringing in, he loses. I don't know. I can go either way on it. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think Williams is probably better in the role. Um, it just, I think my own brain says this is something that Pacino is supposed to be doing this is not something that Robin Williams is supposed to be doing and I feel like that I probably felt that way uh in 2002 um he's he's really good he's really good at he was very good as a dramatic actor whether it's this kind of dramatic or like the Fisher King kind of good morning Vietnam even those dramatic moments that kind of stuff he was very good at it um but it's still I don't know. It's it's not that it creeps me out. I'm just like always a little uncomfortable watching him on screen. And I don't know. Maybe maybe part of it is that it's because of how things ended for him. You know, maybe that's part of the deal of like, I don't want to see him doing dark stuff because I know it got real dark at the end and that's not what I'm thrilled about. So no, absolutely. But no, I think I but I think you're right. I think he is the better. I think he does turn in the better performance of the two of them. And he's certainly better than Hillary Swank because I, dude, I, I don't really like Hillary Swank to begin with. I'm not a big Hillary fan or excuse me, a big Swank fan. And I got a like serious question here besides boys don't cry because she's mm-hmm. very good in that and that got her an Oscar and she totally deserved it. And I no, know she great, has another. She's great in that and it's in my Swank bank. <laughs> and I know she has another, another, uh, Oscar for uh, what's that million dollar baby which I hate I hate 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 that movie with yeah. the, the, the blinding passion and so I, I can't it's tell you if she's good, or, good in that or not that's a and movie I, if she's nominated for that in like 2013 she's, yeah. she wouldn't be nominated 
Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. It's just like, but but my question is, outside of Boys Don't Cry, and I, I guess Million Dollar Baby, has she ever been good in a movie? Because I I don't like her. I don't like her at all. And I I thought she was horrible totally. in this movie. And, and look, I get what she's doing. She's trying to play this sort of rookie cop, basically. Um, and and maybe you put some of that on on Nolan for uh, for directing her in such a way that that leads her to just really obnoxious levels mm-hmm. of of uh, rookiness. Um, but gosh, I just I feel like every line she was delivering could have been brought to us by like a community theater actress. It just really really was a kind of a cringe every time she talks. No, I I. It- yeah, she's a really interesting person who I think um as the 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 sands of time go through the hourglass like what what do we you know she's a two-time academy award winner, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like okay. like how do you and she doesn't get any credit for that to be fair. Like no one think when you say who are the great actresses working today? How many names do you go through before you say Hillary Swank? But she's got more. She's got as many Oscars as Meryl Streep. Right. Crazy. Um, <laughs> and so that's crazy. But uh, and she times them well. <laughs> like she knows when to get in there with competition. <laughs> um, but she I mean, she's not, you're right, though. She is. Um, and look, <laughs> not to be sort of coarse and, and queer minded, but, you know, uh, she ever worked with Christopher Nolan again? Right. Well, exactly. I mean, and she, he he yeah. tends to have a company, right? Where right. He tends right. to he reuse keeps, people. Keeps you in the fold. Yeah. I, I I agree. And and look, you could say the same thing about Pacino and Williams, but I, but they're also a lot older. And I th- I think I think you're right. I think that's a good way to put it. Is if if we felt real good about her, I, I think she's in a few more of his movies. Since yeah. then. you you mentioned more tyranny, and I I actually wrote down while I was watching, I was like, I feel like this movie is a great hire if we just swap Moira mm-hmm. Tierney into that role. And I don't know how you do that because she certainly wasn't a movie. Moira Tierney, she's I always like her. I always like her in just about everything that Oddly, she's ever done, and that not, she's never gotten much of a I don't know any push. I agree. She's like really revered, sort of as a TV actress. Yeah, yeah. And now those two things are equal, but before right. they were equal, I always thought she was kind of undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, peaked at the wrong time. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, she's great. She's great. I will, uh, uh, but uh, separate from that, she's a very good actor. Like History of Violence, she's really good, right? Isn't that her in that? Or what's the other one yeah, she's in? Uh, Am I confusing gosh. that with something else? I can't even remember what, because she's never in things. Like, all I think of is Liar Liar. That's just, that's not the best. I don't know. No, that's her best role. It's not History of Violence. What am I thinking of? Um, oh, I know. Welcome to Mooseport. I always confuse those two films. Um, whatever. She's good. Classic mix-up. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, a sep- separate from that, she's in Primal Fear. Yeah, she's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. She, she's the goods. But separate from her thing is actually speaking as two males more tyranny kind of on the carlo Giugino all-stars right like oh, all yeah, dudes kind of like we're sneaky into her but women aren't onto our aren't onto our game yet yeah <laughs> sure agreed yeah. now um, they all know dang it that that's what we do but uh <laughs> but uh no she's 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 really good and, and 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 especially good in this and uh uh and as you know i have every 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 episode of news radio on VHS, and I watch them nightly. So 
Yeah, mine are laser disc, but that's fine. You know, yeah, this is good too. Potato, it's potato. Too. So, so this is the last you would say in your in your Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't count following because it is kind of its own thing. Um, yeah, like, well, yeah, a student we'll film. Yeah, um, I put Dark Knight below this, but everything else is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. That's a hundred yeah, emails. I, I, just I, I would have Insomnia uh, last on, on my list by by a fair margin. Uh, I think Prestige and Memento would probably be the next two for me from okay. the bottom, and I think both of those are a maybe at worst a minus movies and. So this is this is not, and so it's it's you know it's a it's a fairly significant drop off to me from from Memento slash Prestige to Insomnia. Okay, um, so let's just go ahead. And, we'll we'll go ahead and transition a little early in the grades. What what would you grade this? I would say I I bet I think I would have said in two thousand and two I probably would have said like B minus. I'm a little higher on it now, Same. but. It's it's still kind of in that same. I I'd probably go with just like a strong B. Like this is the type okay. of movie that I say if I was a Rotten Tomatoes grader reviewer, I would say fresh. But I and that's why it's ninety two percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. By the way, like there's a whole bunch I would yeah assume, it's a not, B it's, to B plus grades that are that are no one thinks this sucks. Like it's so professionally right, right, right. made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of where I this is this is they fairly close to the line of like what I call it a fresh movie or, or, or not like a B minus is where I start to like, I have to differentiate for myself. But so I I would say just a solid B for this. What about you? I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm going to say a B plus because I think I was at a B when I saw it for the first time. I'm going to go to a B plus, Uh, but we're in the same range of each other. I think this is a, um, it's not necessarily good, great movie. It's probably good. With a B, I would hope it's good, <laughs> but uh, it's certainly interesting in a lot of ways. And as, pardon me, especially as you remove yourself from, uh, and you sort of uh, start to look at the, the, as we mentioned before, the career of someone like Christopher Nolan, who I think, sure. I think, if Dunkirk is what we expected to be, will will certainly be cemented as sort of not the director of a generation, but certainly one of three directors of a generation. I would mm-hmm. think it's probably him, Louis Leterrier and Kevin <laughs> Smith. The exact same joke. <laughs> and Kevin Smith, obviously. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I'm not talking Kevin Smith in the nineties. I mean, like Tusk, tw- Kevin 2010 <laughs> Kevin Smith. Yeah. Tusk, red state, <laughs> yoga hosers, yoga that hosers. Kevin Smith. I think that is the one that will mm-hmm. historically be be revered and remembered but uh uh but no Christopher Nolan if Dunkirk is what it is which i think mm-hmm. from all things we've seen will be at yeah i think it's worst if this is worse than a b minus i'll be pretty shocked mm-hmm. um uh, but i've been wrong before uh <laughs> so i think he will be so what does this say about him and sort of the narrative of Nolan? Do we do we stick with the kind of clean narrative of it's him learning to to work with a larger scale and larger actors and everything, or does it mean something more in the in the, in the scope of his career? No, I think you're right. I like that. I like the idea of like I've still got to learn how to do this before mm-hmm. I can move on to to other things. And part of that, I think, part of that progression was I'm going to move on to bigger blockbuster things. I think part of that is I have these ideas. Um, that are just too big to do on a memento budget, you know, like interstellar came from his brain. Like I can't, there's no way you can do interstellar on a budget that's less than 
two hundred million dollars. I mean, not not <laughs> sure. effectively, not the way that he's that he would want to yeah. do it. Inception's kind of the same way. Whatever totally. Inception's budget, it's like I spent every dollar of this to make it mm-hmm. uh, to make it what it is supposed to be. And so I think that's a twofold thing of like I I wanted. I think he really enjoyed his time with. Uh, with uh, the Dark Knight, with Batman, and and all those films, and I think he got a lot out of that. But I, if you, to me, he's always seemed like the he he follows in the footsteps of Spielberg to me. Of like, I want to do these big movies, but but a part of it is not because I want to do big movies. It's because my idea is too big. To I agree. On, he is the the scale. heir to Spielberg with that exact thought. Mm-hmm, I think, sure. and they're not really very similar otherwise. But, um, but he is the heir of like, I am making whatever I want to make. They just Mm -hmm. happen to be $150 million movies. Sure. But if I ever want to make a $3 million movie, I will. And so, absolutely. And so it's, that's, that's cool. It's not the, I want to be a blockbuster filmmaker. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, I want to like tell this story, which is a big scope. And I want to work with awesome actors. And, uh, and that's cool. That's super cool. All right, cool. So we've got a, a B plus and a B on it. Um, it's a, if you are a, um, we have kind of two kinds of listeners. We have the listeners that are kind of uh, film schooly, maybe not, you know, literally, but maybe trying to film school themselves through podcasts like ours and probably mostly through other <laughs> podcasts, TBH, because I don't know what we really teach you. Uh, but uh you have those kind, and then you have sort of the people that are just like, hey, I just like to watch movies, and I like to hear uh, nerdy guys that look, you know, look like Clay Aiken that got stung by bees <laughs> talk about them. So, uh, but if you're in the first group, if you're kind of film schooly in nature, uh, you know, this is a movie you really need to see, yeah, and really need to understand because not only what it kind of means from a director and how to shoot something, how to shoot something with scope, but also what it means. Um, in one of the probably great careers of in in your lifetime yeah. of of filmmakers, so sure. so it's certainly a, a I we highly recommend this film. It's messy. It's kind of weird. It doesn't really make sense to the director. Who would direct this? If you were to watch this, Brian, last question, then we'll wrap this up. If I showed you Insomnia with zero credit sequences on either side, and I said, "Who directed Gosh. this?" Who would you say? That's a good question. Um. I, dude, I don't have a great answer. What it what it feels like to me, uh, and I I did I noted this. It it feels to me like if somebody was trying to make a David Fincher movie, but wasn't David Fincher. Does that yeah. make sense? Like it, no, it has that kind choice. of Finchery feel to it, but in a a lesser version. Yeah, I don't know who I would guess either. I wouldn't guess Fincher, but I will say that if I were if someone were to say you just watch Insomnia, credit to credit with no credits. Um, who directed this, David Fincher or Christopher Nolan? I think I would say Fincher. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, and that just shows the influence of of Fincher during that time. But it's mm-hmm. a it's a good, good to pretty good, good to very good movie. Sure, other people will like it more than us, and that's and you're entitled to your opinion. And we encourage you to email and tweet us all that stuff. But uh, but it's a uh, it's a important movie in terms of the context of a really great filmmaker and, and some really incredible actors. I mean, we've, we've focused on Nolan the last few minutes, but I mean, it's Robin Williams and Al Pacino. Uh, gosh, buddy, you know, they're not going to be too many bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so we uh, we highly recommend it on that front. But that's that's gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show, Kent. We miss you terribly. We hope to have you back soon, and uh, hopefully those uh, those monkey bites from Dallas Bryant uh, <laughs> heal. Because I don't know if Des got him his shots. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, he may not be the most responsible pet. Because what's Des like twenty seven? Yeah, you know you're not gonna get your monkey shots then. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, uh, can't, we'll, we'll be back next week. What are we discussing next week, Brian? We got, uh, we've got King Arthur, which, uh, oh, hold, on, man. hold on one second and I'll tell you <laughs> it's in the twenties. I know that yeah, it's not doing great. It's not doing great. It's at 23% mm. and that's, that's up from where it was earlier today. So it's not so great. I mentioned so. last week on our last episode that, uh, I thought it might make a lot of money because I've had a lot of people ask me about it. Mm-hmm. Which is rare. People don't normally ask me. Yeah, well, I don't really it's talk partly about- because you send around memos to everybody in your life, just like don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't talk want, to me. Whatever. I don't want to be ambushed. No. I, you know, and people in my people whom I'm related to by dating in my life uh, always yell at me because I don't talk about the podcast in my personal life. Most of my friends don't know I do this, but the ones that do never ask me about stuff, and so. Um, but I've got a lot of King. So I thought it would do well, but I, now it's looking like it's going to be a yeah, huge flop. $175 million budget. Ooh, yeah. Ruh, ruh. Um, yeah, but, but we shall see. So um, we'll do that. We'll have that as our main episode and we've got, we'll have a fun throwback next week as well that I think people will want to listen to that maybe may or may not be uh superhero related. So just, just a little mm, tease. Little Howard tease. the duck. Yep. Finally. I know it. We finally tracked down the copy. So we'll be able to watch it. Fantastic, Brian. Thanks for, for staying on and talking yeah, with man, me. Yeah, man. This is fun. This was fun. It was a little different than the normal uh, mm-hmm. than the normal bit, but I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, Brian, where can I find you on the interwebs? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. You can find our show, as we mentioned at the top of the, the whole thing, seems like seven hours ago. I know uh, we mentioned you can find us online at MAM underscore podcast. You can find us in Mad About Movies podcast on Instagram, Facebook, email. The show. Like just, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever your thing is, you can find us. We're there. Do Richard, it. Where can we find you? You can find me on all social media. We're talking Snapchat. We're talking Facebook. We're talking Instagram. We're talking Twitter at Richard Barden, B-A-R-D-O-N. You're welcome to add me, message me, whatever. I'm happy to talk to you. Um and yeah, like Brian said, we're going to do that. We're going to have a newsletter out in a matter of hours, days, somewhere in there uh, and all that. And we've gotten really good feedback on that. People seem to really like the newsletter. And by the way, Brian, happy one year Mad About Movies newsletter anniversary. It was May 1st. was our first look, one last year. Can you believe it? Us. Look at us. We're so like we are professional news radio people. We really point. are. We're publishing. We've got a media <laughs> enterprise on our hands, my friend. So all of you who listened... Thank you so much for your uh, for your listenership. We really do appreciate it. We don't say that enough. And thank you to our sponsors who are the best and allow us to do shows like this and uh, not feel like it's an enormous waste of time. Because listeners, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, come on. We're at almost three million. I mean, really. I'm like, we don't need you people. No, of course. We love all of you. We love the listeners. We love the sponsors. And we love uh, – I love you, Brian. You too, buddy. All right, man. Let's wrap this up. Great episode. Check out Insomnia, or you probably already have. You're listening to this episode. So uh, check out next week. We'll be back with Kent and with uh, Arthur. 
King Arthur, not the W. Moore movie. King Arthur. We'll be back well, with that. Maybe, maybe we'll sub that in. <laughs> Might just audible. Yeah. Maybe the Russell Brand version of that. I movie. do love we'll Liza. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, oh, I get to do this. I've never got. I don't think I've ever done this. Until next time, we will see all of you at the. Oh no! What is it? Cinema. <laughs> Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face Again.